We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. So, Dan, obviously today is the last day of the regular season for the Sabres. They play the Penguins at 3 o'clock. Another last place uh, finish for the Sabres. Fourth time in their 10 years that they've missed the playoffs in a row. Fourth time in eight years if you want to look at it that way. Just your thoughts overall from a national perspective on how everything's kind of played out in Buffalo this season. And and I know that, you know, if we had talked to you earlier in the season, it might have been, well, the Sabres are a complete disaster right now under Ralph Kruger. But now that Don Granado's come in, what are your thoughts? Well, I think for the Sabres season, you just have to look at one thing. They've played five goaltenders. Five goaltenders have played in a 50, 50 through 55 games. That's going to be a problem you know i mean just just any season when you when you're going to go five goalies i mean look at the team they're playing today they've played two right you know jerry's played a bunch of games dismissed played a bunch of games they've had stability in the position no stability in net you're gonna have a problem and that's where they've been this season and yes there are so many other issues that we could talk about but that's the one that jumps out at me the most that they have played nobody on the team has played no goalie on the team has played more than 20 games this season which is kind of unbelievable, if you ask me. Look, but, but you know, you, it was a disaster under, you know, Ralph Kruger, and I don't know how much of that was necessarily all Ralph uh, or just the makeup of the team and the way things were going. Um, obviously, the Taylor Hall thing didn't work out. The Eric Stahl thing didn't work out. You know, all of those things. And, and you know, not having Jack, that was uh, obviously the biggest thing. And not having a healthy Jack at any point in the season was one of the biggest things. But lately they've had a nice story. The Hauser story has been a really nice story. They've mm-hmm. won two of their last three games. They've won games under Don Granado. They yeah. lost so many games under Ralph Kruger. They could not find a way to win. And they weren't close in a lot of games. But they've been winning games under Granado. Not every game. And they've certainly had their lulls. Right? They lost, what, six or seven when they were playing the Bruins and the Rangers. Uh, in that stretch, but for the most part, they've looked like a hockey team. You know, yeah. they've looked like a competitive hockey team uh, in these last couple of weeks, in the last month, month plus. And I think that's big for them. It's big for the off season. It's big to understand who's involved, who wants to be there, uh, who's gonna, you know, who's coming around. Uh, there, there's a lot of different things that I think they can take from positive, based on the last five weeks rather than all the negative that there was from basically the end of February through all of March. So, Dan, looking at the positives that the team has started to kind of turn things around a little bit, mind you, they, they still are the last place team. They're going to have the best odds. But what have, you know, who is, what has been the most positive thing that you've seen from the team and who have been some of the players that you've seen the biggest turnaround from in you watching this team? Well, I think a pa- I think Sam Reinhardt's had a great season. You know, uh, I do. I, I think you know that's one thing to look at there. That he has been a solid contributor for them this season all the way through. You know, and, and I think you know other positives like you, like I said before, they they they've begun to play like a team. You know, and, and middle stats come around, right? I mean, he's almost a point per game player since the end of March. Middle stat, you know, 
And I said Reinhardt. Reinhardt's been really good in that sense. Dahlin's come around. Really tough start, but he's been better of late. You're getting some production out of Jeff Skinner. Uh, Risto, Risto Einan obviously can play those minutes. Asplund's been okay, too. There's guys here starting to come around, play better, uh, start to deliver. Like Middlestat's the one I think of. You know, He's really starting now to deliver on the promise. It doesn't happen overnight for guys. guys. Some guys take longer than others, and maybe he's one of those guys that just took a little bit longer for where he was drafted, and you want more, obviously, than you've gotten. But if you look at it from the end of March until now, uh, Casey Middlestat's almost a point-per-game player. And, and shouldn't he be, I don't know, point-per-game, but shouldn't he be the player that he is in this last five, six weeks going into next season? You'd have to believe that should be the case, right? Well, if it is, well, now you got something to build on even more. So there's a lot of positives in that sense. It Overall, it's been a negative season, to yeah. be honest. Yeah. But – you can take positives out of the finish that they've had here in the last 20-some-odd games and really use them in your offseason and use them going forward. Dan Rosen from NHL.com joining us here on the Western Hotline to talk a little bit about the Sabres from a Nationals perspective. So with the way Don Granado has gotten the team to respond after the firing of Ralph Kruger in the second half of this regular season, How seriously do you think that he should be considered in the Sabres head coaching search? Is he at the top of the list? Is he, you know, a a serious contender? Or do you think that the Sabres need to go out and look at other options and and see, uh, you know, the bigger names out there or just some of the the up-and-coming names? How do you feel about the coaching search uh, opportunity that the Sabres are going to have this offseason? Well, look, I think in-house, Don Granato is a good candidate. And he should be a candidate. I think he's done a good job with this team. You know, I mean, he took over a tire fire and he's put it out pretty much, you know. Um, and, and I think he deserves it. And he's got a ton of experience as an NHL assistant, an AHL coach, USHL and juniors. And I mean, like, he's got a lot. Plus with, you know, uh, USA Hockey, he's got a bunch of stuff there. So there is experience there. There's no question about it. He is maybe a first-time NHL coach, but he's not a young coach. Um but there's good candidates, too. I mean, you think about some like Bruce Boudreaux, Gerard Gallant. You don't know, you know, I mean, John Tortorella is likely going to be available and interesting. Like, I think Buffalo would be a good landing spot for John Tortorella because he does a really good job of building teams up. Now, getting them over the hump is the next step, but he does a good job of building teams up. And, you know, he would certainly, if you want to talk culture, which I think is an overused term sometimes in sports, but... You want to talk culture? He'll change the culture, Tortorella. There's no question about it. But that he's, he'll likely be a candidate that could be available to them too. So I think Renato needs to be seriously considered. But I don't think you just jump at that without looking out and seeing what else is out there. And also, if you're a candidate who might be interested in the Sabres job, and I understand there's only one of 32 that's going to be available next year uh, in the world, you got to know who you're going to have. Like, is Jack Eichel going to be there? Is he going to be healthy? You know, what, what's the roster going to look like? That's If I'm a coach, especially a veteran coach, who might have my choice of, you know, where I might be interested in here, I want to look at Buffalo and be like, it's a real enticing market. The, obviously, it's a great hockey market. And you'd be they put a statue up if you can turn this team into a winner <laughs> at this point. But 
who's going to be on my team? What is this going to look like? And that's something that they have to, they might, I don't know that they can necessarily figure all that out before they get a coach in place on a full-time basis, but that's what I would be looking forward to. I'd be asking those questions. All right, Dan. So you brought up the, the Jack Eichel idea and, and just the, the coach coming in and saying, who's going to be on the team. I did want to ask you today about Jack Eichel and just his future. How do you think this plays out? My stance is you don't trade Jack Eichel, uh, arguably one of the top 10, top 15 players in the entire NHL, unless he goes to management, goes to ownership and says, I'm done. I want out. I want no part of this organization anymore. How do you see this playing out? Do you feel that Jack Eichel is going to stick around? Do you think he's on the move this offseason? What are your thoughts there? See, I agree with you. I would not trade Jack Eichel unless he comes to me and says, I got to go. You know, I need a new start. I need a fresh start. You sign this guy to a $10 million a year contract. You slapped a C on his jersey. You made him your franchise player. He's 24 years old. He's got so much left. And he's got a lot of years to give here to Buffalo. And you're seeing some things come around without him. Like I talked about, Reinhardt. Um, you know, Middlestat, you know, Aslan. Some of these guys have really started to play. I don't trade Jack Eichel because you trade Jack Eichel, you're announcing a rebuild again, you know, in my estimation. I think Jack Eichel stays. I, if, I'm, if I'm looking at it objectively from what, you know, I would keep him and I would continue to try to build around him and hope that what we have seen here in these last, you know, couple of, couple of weeks can be something that carries along into next season for a number of these players. And then you, you, you got to get a state. You have to get stability in nets. You have to get stability on D and then you, you just keep building in that sense. But honestly, I think if they have some stability in net, if they get a goalie who you're relying on and you know, is going to be a goalie that in an 82 game season is going to give you 55 to 60 real quality starts. That team is better all you know, instantaneously better. And then you bring Jack Eichel back into the fold. I mean, this guy's an elite player in the National Hockey League. I, I don't trade elite players in the NHL uh, for picks and prospects and hope to get something else that might help me along the way when you've been doing that for a long time already. Real quick, Dan, last thing I'll ask you here. We've already talked about the goaltending. We've already talked about Jack Eichel's future. What else do you feel this team needs going into the 2021-22 season? Yes, there's the expansion draft coming up, so you might lose a good quality player there. But what else do you see this team needing to do this offseason in order to really kind of turn things around quickly and contend for a playoff spot? It's been 10 years since they've last made the playoffs. What What else does... They, do they need to do in order to make it so either if they're not making the playoffs next year, at least they're competing and getting to that point where they're close enough and they're sniffing the playoffs for the first time in so many years? So what I say, I mean, obviously it's goaltending, number one, but you mentioned that already. Um, every time I've watched Buffalo this year, I've thought to myself, they're not a soft team, but they're not hard to play against, you know? And I think that's, that's where they need to go. They need to get guys, and I think of guys like a Nick Foligno or a Zach Hyman or a Blake Coleman, who are all free agents to be, likely free agents to be. They need to get some forwards in there who are just going to grind and be hard to play against. They need, some, they need more depth on defense. they got a lot of young guys on 
and I understand that, but you, you need to build up that back end a little bit more. You need a Jake McCabe to be healthy. That'll help. But, you know, he, if he comes back, he's a UFA to be too. Um, they, they need toughness, like culture to me sometimes can be overused terms, but they need a little bit more of that grit and that hard, little bit of a nasty edge, but not over the line type of team that, that make it a little bit harder to make them much harder to play against than they are right now. Because a lot of, like I said, they're not soft, but they're not making it very difficult on the opponent. And they need to be a team to, that, to win in this league. I think you have to be a team that's got a lot of skill, but you make it very difficult on your opponent. And you know, look at the teams that do that. Boston, Washington, Pittsburgh, the Islanders, they're all going to the playoffs in the East, right? I mean, those are the teams that do that. That's where they have to get to. Well, Dan, I, I appreciate you taking the time to join us here. And uh, you can follow Dan Rosen on Twitter, and his Twitter handle is at DRosenNHL. So be sure to follow him. You can follow his work at NHL.com. Uh, you can occasionally see him on uh, places like NHL Network and other videos that go about. But, Dan, again, appreciate the time. Best of uh, luck with the off season, with the postseason and the work that you're going to be doing. And uh, hopefully we'll get the chance to talk again real soon.